Welcome to Ghost Riders Anonymous, an inspirational and interactive podcast where we create worlds through words and writing. I'm Kelsey, and today I'd like to know if you were a Disney movie, what Disney movie would you be? I would be Oliver and Company. So today I'm going to be sharing The Babysitter's Club by Anne M. Martin. Christie's Great Idea, which is book number one. And so Christie's Great Idea, as we come to find out, is starting the Babysitter's Club, which I think is really cute how they set it all up. And I'm thinking the entire time, these kids are very motivated and smart. They put flyers in mailboxes, they scrounge up some money to put an ad in the paper. And I think it's funny because their business hours are really narrow. They're available Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 5.30 p.m. to 6 p.m., And the whole point is you dial this number within that 30 minute time frame three times a week that can get you in touch with multiple babysitters at once, which I think is a neat idea. But I'm like, man, as an adult, that narrow time frame is near impossible. And some of them do make calls directly to these girls that have used them in the past. So maybe that's the loophole around their business hours. And Christy kind of gets conned into doing a dog sitting job through their babysitter's business line, which she didn't know it at the time. But then when she goes there to babysit and is stuck with these two St. Bernards, she's like, okay, it went all right, but we're not going to delve into pet sitting. We're just going to stick to kids. There were a few fun scenes in here worth sharing, but this one was the one that stood out the most. In this, we have Marianne Spear, who is babysitting Watson's two children, Karen and Andrew. Watson is Christy Thomas's mother's boyfriend. Later on in the book, they become engaged, but Christy is just always refusing to babysit for Watson's kids because she doesn't want to get involved with him. It's this rebellious thing for her. And so when he needs an emergency sitter, Christy's mom dials the club number. The only two people available to do it would be Christy or Marianne. So Marianne's like, okay, I'll take it. So after they've completed a babysitting job, they write down in this notebook how it went, just stuff to briefly cue the next person who has to babysit there. Hey, here's a red flag, or I learned this while I was there. They're just helpful notes about the household or the family. So here Marianne writes, Saturday, September 27th. I don't know what Christy always makes such a fuss about. Watson's kids are cute. Karen is five and Andrew is three. I think Christy would like them if she ever babysat for them. Are you reading this, Christy? I hope so. Well, Christy said that this notebook is for us to write our experiences and our problems in, especially our problems. And there were a few problems at Watson's house. When I said Andrew and Karen were cute, I mean they were cute looking. They were cute acting too, most of the time. But sometimes Karen was a pill. That was one problem. Another problem was Boo Boo, the cat. The biggest problem was Mrs. Porter, the next door neighbor. Anyone else who sits for Andrew and Karen should know about Boo Boo and Mrs. Porter ahead of time. And then we move into the chapter. Watson picked up Marianne at 8.45 Saturday morning and drove her to his house. He lives all the way across Stony Brook, so it's hard to get to his place by bike. According to Marianne, Watson was very nice to her in the car, which was to be expected. He always makes an extra effort to be nice to me since he knows I don't like to have him around. So of course he would be nice to my best friend. Marianne says that Watson lives in a very pretty big house. I guess he has a lot of money. He'd have to, the way he throws it around buying Chinese food right and left and taking my mom out on dates almost every night. Anyway, the house is large and Andrew and Karen have neat rooms and toys. Marianne had never seen so many. Gigantic stuffed animals, dolls, 
A train that you could really ride around the backyard. Cars, bikes, a playhouse, costumes to dress up in. It was incredible, kind of like being in Toys R Us. Watson turned out to be not only a very good father, but a very organized customer. The first thing he did was introduce Marianne to Andrew and Karen, whose mother had just brought them over. Then he showed her their rooms, took her back downstairs, showed her where all the stuff was for making lunch, and finally pinned up a list of phone numbers she might need. And then he brought out Boo Boo. From what Marianne told me, Boo Boo must truly be a Boo Boo. What a mess of a cat. He was gray with big yellow eyes that were kind of handsome, but he was fat. He looked like a pillow with legs attached. When he stood up, his stomach touched the ground. And when he tried to run, it swayed back and forth. He was gross. He weighs 17 pounds, Karen said proudly. We think he belongs in the Guinness Book of World Records, remarked Watson. Marianne couldn't figure out why Watson was showing Boo Boo to her. Okay, he was really fat, so what? Certainly he didn't need to be fed. Watson cleared his throat and adjusted his glasses. There are a few things you should know about Boo Boo, he said. Now, Marianne is not the bravest person in the world, and she said that right then she began to feel the teeniest bit afraid. She put her finger in her mouth and bit at the nail. The first thing, said Watson, is that Boo Boo bites if provoked, and scratches. He's an attack cat, added Karen. It's best if you just steer clear of him, Watson went on. I'd offer to confine him while I'm gone, but he doesn't like that much. He gnawed the laundry room door all up, said Karen. Just try to ignore him. Marianne nodded. Whatever you do, don't touch him, added Watson. Marianne nodded again. Well, I guess that's it. Any questions? No, not really. Lunch at 12.30, right? Said Marianne. Right. What about Mrs. Porter, Daddy? Asked Karen. Oh, I think she's on vacation, replied Watson. No need to worry about her. He turned to Marianne. Mrs. Porter is an elderly woman who lives next door. She's a bit on the eccentric side, and Karen is convinced she's a witch. She isn't, of course, but she doesn't like animals, and Boo Boo seems to have gotten on her bad side. We try to keep the two of them apart. Okay, I'm off, kids. Watson kissed Andrew and Karen goodbye. I'll be home by 1.30, he told Marianne. Marianne was just wondering how to entertain her charges when Karen began to talk. It turned out that she was a non-stop chatterer. We're divorced, she announced. Yup, said Andrew. Our parents live in different houses. Yup, said Andrew. He sat down in a little wagon. Our mommy's going to get married again. Yup, said Andrew, pushing himself around the playroom. Then we'll have one mommy and two daddies. Yup, said Andrew. He backed into a bookcase. And if our daddy gets married again, then how many mommies and daddies will we have, Andrew? Yup. Marianne giggled. Come on, you guys. It's a sunny day. Let's play outside, okay? Oh, great, exclaimed Karen. I have a new doll. Daddy bought her for me. She hasn't been out in the sun much yet. I think she should get a tan, don't you? Dolls can tan, you know. Of course, they're real anyway. They can do whatever people do. They can draw and break dance, and Marianne was beginning to feel dizzy. Want to play outside, Andrew? Yup. Marianne took the kids into Watson's big backyard. Andrew brought the wagon and pushed Boo Boo around in it. Is he allowed to do that? Marianne asked Karen. Your father said not to touch Boo Boo. Oh, he meant you shouldn't touch Boo Boo. You're a stranger, but Boo Boo knows us. He wouldn't hurt us. Karen paused for a breath and went on. You see that house? The one next door? Marianne peered over Watson's rose gardens and between the trees. Next door was a sprawling Victorian mansion with gables and turrets and wooden curlicues on the porch. The paint was peeling and one shutter was crooked. 
Marianne said later that it looked dark and scary. Yes, she said to Karen. That's where the witch lives, right, Andrew? Andrew plowed the wagon into a tree and Boo-Boo leaped out. Yup. It's Mrs. Porter and she's an honest and truly witch. Mrs. Porter isn't her witch name though. Her witch name is Morbida Destiny. The big kids on the street told me so. And she eats toads and casts spells and flies to witch meetings on her broomstick every midnight. Marianne stared at the house, nibbling away at her nails again. She wasn't sure what to tell Karen. If she told her the stories weren't true, she probably wouldn't get off to a very good start as a babysitter. If she agreed with Karen, she'd practically be lying to her. At last, she asked, Do you believe in the stories about Morb, Mrs. Porter? Karen nodded. I have proof. You do? Yup. The proof is Boo-Boo. Mrs. Porter made him fat. One day when Boo-Boo was nice and skinny, he went into Mrs. Porter's garden and dug up some of her flowers. Mrs. Porter came out and yelled at him and threw a fit. The next day, he started getting fat. Yup, said Andrew. So now we have to keep Boo-Boo away from Mrs. Porter's house. We don't want her to cast another spell on him. Making him fat wasn't so bad, but she might do something really, really mean. Well, said Marianne, we don't have to worry about it today since Mrs. Porter's not at home. And it was at that exact second that Marianne saw a window shade snap up on the first floor of Mrs. Porter's house. A wrinkled face with a big nose pressed itself against the panels of glass. Karen saw the face too. Ugh! She screamed. That's morbid a destiny. She's home after all. Where's Boo Boo? Where's Boo Boo? Marianne began to feel afraid again. She knew there were no such things as witches, were there? But the face at the window didn't look very friendly. And Andrew was crying and Karen was panicking. All right, Marianne tried to remain calm. She thought about what Watson had told her, that Mrs. Porter was just an eccentric old lady. Let's look for Boo-Boo, you guys, she said. We don't have to, wailed Karen. I see him. He's... Karen gulped. She pointed her finger. He's in Morbida Destiny's garden. Well, I'll just go get him, somehow, said Marianne, remembering that she wasn't supposed to touch Boo-Boo, let alone pick him up. She's already gone from the window, Karen cried. She's coming to the door. I know it. Okay, okay, Karen... You're in charge of Andrew for a few minutes. You stay in the yard with him and watch him. I'll be right back. Marianne said her heart was pounding as she crossed Watson's yard and stood at the edge of Mrs. Porter's property. Boo-Boo was about 10 feet away from her in the middle of some chrysanthemums, digging away happily. Boo-Boo, Marianne called softly. She glanced at the house. No sign of Mrs. Porter. Maybe she hadn't seen Boo-Boo. Boo-Boo, Marianne called again. Come here, she snapped her fingers. Boo-Boo didn't even look up. Yoo-hoo, Boo-Boo! Marianne stepped closer. Boo-Boo sat down and scratched himself. Boo-Boo, hey, fat cat! Boo-Boo, hey, fat cat! Called a croaky voice. Marianne's heart just about stopped beating. She whirled around, and as she was whirling, she could hear Karen shrieking in Watson's yard. Behind Marianne stood a witch. Honest to goodness, she told me later, she looked just like a witch from a picture book. Mrs. Porter, or Morbida Destiny, or whoever she was, was dressed in black from head to toe. Her hair was gray and frazzly. There was a wart on the end of her nose. She was carrying what Marianne at first took to be a broom, but which turned out to be a rake. That fat cat, said Mrs. Porter, shaking the rake with every word, is digging up my mums. I know, I know, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get him out for you. Marianne decided to forget Watson's warning. She stepped right into the garden and reached for Boo-Boo. Boo-Boo hissed and swiped at her with his paws, claws extended. Marianne jumped back. 
That does it, girly, said Mrs. Porter. She jumped into the garden and waved the rake at Boo Boo. Boo Boo's eyes opened wide. He leaped over a bush of golden mums and streaked away. Luckily, he streaked back into Watson's yard. Mrs. Porter shook her rake after him. Rapscallion, she cried. She headed for her house. Mary Ann could hear her muttering things like children and pets and darned nuisance. Back in Watson's yard, Karen greeted Mary Ann tearfully. Did you hear that? It was a curse. What was, Rapscallion? Mary Ann asked, looking nervously over her shoulder at the chrysanthemum bed. Yeah. No, that wasn't a curse. That's a real word. She was calling Boo Boo a name, but she did not put a spell on him. Are you sure? Positive. Right, Andrew? Yup. I don't know, said Karen. I don't know. Look, Marianne went on. Did you see more Mrs. Porter mixing up herbs or looking for bat's feet? No. Did you see her crushing toadstools or stirring things in a cauldron? No. Then how do you know she cast a spell, said Marianne triumphantly. She's a witch. She can do anything she w- Hey! shrieked Karen, pointing. Marianne's stomach flip-flopped. She immediately looked over at Mrs. Porter's yard, sure she was going to see the old woman flapping across the lawn in her funny black dress. But Mrs. Porter wasn't in sight. Karen was pointing at Boo-Boo. Look at that, cried Karen. He's going crazy. Boo-Boo did, in fact, look a little crazy, Marianne said later. As she watched, the cat ran partway across Watson's backyard, came to an abrupt stop, ran around in a circle, then dashed off in the direction he had just come from and scrambled up a tree. Oh, said Marianne nervously, he's just being a cat. Cats do silly things like that all the time. Marianne had never owned a cat, so she had very little experience with them, but she had once seen the Pikes cat, Sarge, wake up from a sound sleep, leap off the couch, jump up on top of the television set, and immediately fall asleep again. Still, Boo-Boo doesn't do silly things, said Karen, edging toward Marianne. He's too fat and old. Marianne took Karen and Andrew by their hands. The three of them stood and watched Boo-Boo. For a while, he looked as if he might go to sleep in the tree. Karen grew bored. Psst, she whispered after a moment. Morbid of Destiny's at her window again, and she's looking over here. Sure enough, the old face was pressed against the window panes. Morbida raised her right hand to her nose, and Boo-Boo sat straight up, slipped, slid, and finally fell out of the tree, landed on his feet, and shot past Mary Ann and the kids, hissing as he went by. Oh no, wailed Karen. Mary Ann squeezed her hand. Boo-Boo tore up the steps to the back porch and waited by the door. I guess it would be a good idea to let him in, said Marianne. At least we won't have to worry about Mrs. Porter's garden anymore. So Marianne opened the door and Boo-Boo ran inside. He ran straight into the laundry room, jumped into the laundry basket, and stayed there while Marianne and Karen and Andrew ate lunch. Every time Marianne checked on him, he peered at her through the sides of the basket and yowled. Marianne started to tell Karen that it was just a big coincidence, but then she didn't know how to explain the meaning of coincidence, so she gave up. Daddy, it's a spell, Karen told Watson urgently as soon as he came home. Watson laughed. Don't be silly. There are no such things as spells. But by then, even Mary Ann wasn't so sure. She was very relieved to go home. That was one of my favorite parts of the whole book. And it reminded me a lot of The Witch Who Lives Down the Hall, which I shared in episode 50, Neighbors. And Mary Ann is in seventh grade. And I think the creepiest part about this excerpt is the timing of everything. For example, when Mary Ann told Karen, we don't have to worry about it today since Mrs. Porter's not at home. 
It was at that exact second that Marianne saw a window shade snap up on the first floor. So the action is alarming, the timing is alarming, and then when she rubs her nose at the exact moment that Boo Boo falls out of the tree and runs around and is cycloning in another fit of madness, which Marianne's right, cats are prone to do, but Karen, who lives with a cat, says, no, Boo Boo isn't stricken with this kind of behavior. He's too old and fat. Valid point. But to me, and I read this a couple times just to make sure I wasn't mistaken, the creepiest portion of this whole thing is the mimicry of this old woman. Because Mary Ann says, boo boo, hey fat cat. And then in a new paragraph, indented, which cues the reader that this is a separate person talking, is the croaky voice, boo boo, hey fat cat. I think it would have been less alarming if the croaky voice had recited behind Marianne, boo boo, hey fat cat twice. But for Marianne to have said that once and then the croaky voice to have mimicked that once, that would have scared me at any age. So since this is my first experience reading The Babysitter's Club, I don't know what the developments are on Mrs. Porter and I'm actually excited to find them out. So what's interesting is as soon as I finished this book, I picked up another one called The Big 1-0 by Dean Pitchford. And in that book, there's a dog named Boing Boing. Boo Boo and Boing Boing should in some side plot live in a house together. But yeah, unless the flame dies away, I will probably delve back into The Babysitter's Club. That concludes episode 86. We'll catch you guys next week.